Well, hello, and welcome to episode one of Between the Lines, the podcast. I'm Jay Lind, and I'll be your host. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the trailer for the podcast that I released a couple weeks ago, I suggest you hit pause now and go back and give it a listen. Everything you're about to hear today will make a lot more sense if you do that. But as a quick reminder and refresher for the rest of you, uh, I wrote a book called Between the Lines, a memoir about addiction, empathy, and evolution. In each chapter of that book was about a person or a group of people who impacted my life in one way or another during my journey through addiction, relapse, and recovery. And the podcast will operate in much the same way, with a few added bells and whistles uh, for your pleasure. Every episode will feature an interview with someone interesting. Some of my guests will be people who I wrote about in my book, but others will be unrelated, unique, and new to all of us. But I'm sure we'll be able to learn something from their stories. But before I get into the interview each week, I'm going to have a segment called This is the Good News. In a world culture that seems all too dominated by bad news these days, I figure all of us can use a little dose of positivity and hope. A little hope goes a long way, after all. So let's get right into it. This is the good news for today. Good news. So I have three stories uh, for you today, quick little good news stories. One of them, or all three of them actually, come from uh, a great Instagram follower called So Informed. They have a bazillion followers, so apparently I'm not the first one to figure that out. Um, but you should uh, check it out for sure. So the first story is about Jessica Watkins. Um, she is uh, a U.S. astronaut, and she just made history. Uh, she is now the first black woman to serve an, on an extended mission in the International Space Station. She went up on uh, some rocket that Elon Musk's uh, company launched um, for NASA, but uh, unlike, you know, uh, Elon, uh, who gets plenty of press, uh, I think Miss Jessica Watkins' story uh, is a better one. And this is good news about Jessica Watkins and NASA. So again, Jessica Watkins becomes the first black woman to serve an extended mission in the International Space Station. The second piece of good news comes from Chicago, right here, my home city, uh, where the Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, who uh, doesn't always get a lot of great headlines around here, uh, has done something that I think is quite a positive headline. Um, she announced last week that her office completed uh, their cannabis expungement project. Which sounds like they're trying to expunge cannabis, which I think is a bad idea um, and a little counterproductive. But really what that means is they're expunging cannabis convictions for people convicted of possession of cannabis. So uh, at this point, they have uh, basically finished the project and they have expunged 15,000 cannabis convictions um, over the last two years since they announced the project. And uh, that's a big deal. It's nothing to, to, to uh, laugh about. It's um, pretty serious that a bunch of people just got um, a pretty serious conviction or what seemed like a pretty serious conviction off of their records and it's going to make their lives easier in a lot of ways. Um, so even though she doesn't get a whole lot of, uh, positive press around here, this is something I think she's doing pretty darn well, and it's going to make a difference. 
That's our second piece of good news by Kim Fox, Cook County State's Attorney. Our last piece of good news today comes from Maine, the state of Maine. And um, this one is pandemic related. Starting this summer, Maine's community colleges will offer free tuition to students who graduated or will graduate high school uh, between the years of 2020 and 2023, uh, which is pretty awesome considering the impact that the pandemic has had on um, public education um, and uh, the economy, obviously. So that's Governor Janet Mills. A little shout out to the Maine, Governor of Maine, Janet Mills, um, for uh, coming up with this idea and, and helping uh, to get this money together to make it happen, which is something like $20 million. So it's another reason to uh, move to Maine, um, besides that that's where the, the prison is from Shawshank Redemption, which is you know what I really want to see. But I can also go to community college if I so decide. So that's the good news for this week. Thanks for listening to it. Okay, now for the main event, what everyone has been waiting for. Time to introduce my special guest. You may remember her from Between the Lines, uh, a little-known book that has reached recently number one New York Times bestseller. Um, and if that's the case, then if you read the book, then you first met her. Uh, when, when you first met her, she was sweating, she was shaking and clammy uh, and puking into a grocery bag. In fact, that is also how I first met her. I have known her now for three or four years, and even though she has fled the city and now lives in a deer stand somewhere in the woods, I still consider her a friend. And I have to say that she works harder at recovery than anyone I've ever known. And although it hasn't always been smooth, to say the least, all that hard work is paying off. And... I know that she is in a much better place now than she has, than she was, uh, you know, when I first met her. And uh, it hasn't, it's not a, a straight line to that point. There's some bumps in the road like there is for a lot of us. But uh, I'm really proud of her and for uh, all the hard work that she's done. And I'm really excited to have her on the very first episode of Between the Lines, the podcast. I'll let Daisy tell you more about herself. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention here that she is one of the top five, maybe, competitive scrapbookers in the Midwest region. <laughs> which, Daisy, you're not supposed to talk yet. Which everybody knows is the most competitive scrapbooking region, the Midwest, obviously. I knew she would be too modest to mention it, so I thought maybe I'd bring it up here on the podcast uh, oh. so she could flex a little bit. Anyway, Daisy, welcome to Between the Lines of Podcast. How are you feeling today? Thank you. I'm wonderful. <laughs> Good. That makes me happy to hear your laugh. Great cred now for yes. this. For I don't this think, cred. for the record, I don't think uh, scrapbooking gives you any street cred. <laughs> true. Uh, gives true. you like a country cred or something. I'm not sure. No offense to all the scrapbookers yeah, who might be yeah. listening. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let me just jump right into it. So, uh, just right off the bat, do you wish Daisy was your real name? No. 
<laughs> really? Okay. I think you should. I think it's perfect. Uh, you know, there's Daisy Buchanan from Gatsby, but also Daisy Duke from Dukes of Hazard, And I feel like you're exactly like a perfect combination of, of Daisy Buchanan and Daisy Duke. That is true. Yeah, see? See, now, you, now you're starting to like it a little bit more. Um, so I know I sent you the chapter um, a long time ago after a couple of drafts, and now it's in a, a real book that I didn't believe was going to happen at the time. Uh, but now that you, you see it in a book and you read it um, yeah. and share it with some other people, um, how do you feel about it? How did it feel when you when you read the chapter? Um, you know, it, <laughs> it was pretty accurate, actually. Like, I, I don't know. I read it to my mom and she cried that's a good sign yeah and then i read it to my dad and he cried and then he was like Mm. you gotta call graham that's our grandma like my grandma and he's like you gotta read it to her and i was like okay and um so i called her and read it to her and then i was like how do you feel about it graham she was like you know mixed feelings which that makes sense you know, hundred percent. It's not like you're like proud of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, hit some hearts for sure. And, yeah, and especially for your grandma, right? Because your your dad is uh, like us, uh, you know, an alcoholic or struggled with some of the same things, and your grandma's had to deal with that uh, and still oh, has to deal with it, and and with you. And so there's a it's a you know, she's she's had, she's served the most time uh, <laughs> dealing with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's eighty. She just turned eighty, so yeah, she's put up with this shit for a long time, so she knows. Okay. Well, I I, I I wouldn't expect anyone, you know, like my mom wasn't exactly proud uh, to to read the book either. Um, she was proud of me for writing a book, but there's not a whole lot in there that's like a you know, worthy of, you know, bragging, like, hey, check out what my kid did. Um, But it's uh, the fact that nobody in your family said, well, that that doesn't sound like you or that's not right. Uh, And I didn't know you read it to your dad. I thought only you read it to your mom. So hearing, I was a little bit worried what your dad might think. Uh, So it's good. It's good to hear. He loved it. Yeah. Yeah, He was like, that's 100% right. And it is. It, it it really is. It's great. And I loved listening to you talk to your dad on the phone. Those were some of the greatest conversations. He really, he, I mean, I, I'd like to have all of them recorded. He's like a, he's like a Yoda, like drunk Yoda. Dude, seriously. Like I, I just told him the other day, I was like, I wish I would have like taken notes in my phone of all of your quotes. Oh yeah. Like, you know, cause I do that at the nursing home. <laughs> right. And, like, Every time they say it like something funny, I I'll write it down just so I remember. And with him, I wish I just did it. Yeah, I got a couple in the book about grabbing your life like a by the neck like a tiger, and uh, like uh, d- uh, he had a lot. Of, he was like always full of these wise sayings that were like kind of like ridiculous, but also very wise. I know, so tr- they're just so true. He's like, take care of your business. Yeah. Take care. Of- business take care of your business he's before like, you drink everyone's it. outside of your circle he's like put yourself in a circle <laughs> i'm like okay Dad. right it sounds ridiculous but he keeps talking and it sounds great i know it's so true though 
Good. Um, all right. Well, let's keep moving. I don't want to talk about being a, a, an alcoholic this, this whole time, but we're going to do a couple of questions. Deal. Um, right now, how would you rate your like uh, where you are, like your current status and recovery today? Rate it. Like, give me give me a one to ten. I'll give you a solid five. Solid five. Well, all right. That, I, that, that's nothing. That I've seen you worse than a five, so that's pretty good. You've seen me at a zero. I've, I have seen you at a zero <laughs> a couple of times. Uh, explain it. What do you think? Why Why a five? Um, because I, you know, I get up, I do my work, I am a good employee, I feel like, and I go home, but then I'm like, you know, that's exactly what I think of, and that's what I do. Mm. And I can't say, you know, that I'm staying sober or anything like that. And I'll get a solid like five days and I feel really good about myself. And then, you know, I just, in my, in my words, I fuck up. That's, yeah. that's my words. And, um, maybe to like a normal person that would be like, Oh, it's Friday. I'm going out and drinking and like, yeah, it's the weekend. But to me, it's like, I just fucked up. Yeah. Yep. And also to people who don't understand how it works, uh, five days doesn't sound like a lot <laughs> to, to them. No. Um, I know it's a lot, and other people who, who who struggle with alcoholism and addiction understand that that's a lot when you when when you got it bad. And um, and the fact that you're you're going five days or whatever and, and getting a little bit of time sober and then drinking and then still going to work and being functional, I would say you know that's that's above a five you I mean you're not you're not you know doing things and and you know going into like a two-week vendor and not going to work and calling in all the time or anything like that you're keeping a job you you back to your real job where you you know what you went to school for and what you're trained to do so you're you're functional which is great but but you're also realistic enough to know that uh that's still uh not where you want to be it'd be great to not have to be consumed by it all the time Yes, a hundred percent. And like then, you know, I mean, back then, like I, it wasn't like this. Like for me, five days is like huge, you know. Absolutely, I do know, and 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 it's huge. Like I'm, I was thinking about you earlier today, and I was thinking, what a big deal it is um, for you to like, you know, if you you know, on the weekends to drink to, for you to be able to stop uh, and go to work instead of uh, drink until you have to go to detox. Uh, that's yeah. a big deal, right? It takes everything in me. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. It takes everything. I think I need like chains. I think somebody needs to like chain me up. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that it says something though, that, that something like, that's what I mean or, about like recovery not being linear, that, you're going in a direction now where things are sticking enough where you're catching yourself before it gets as shitty as it used to get. Uh, and you're able, like, you know, you're doing it and you know you're fucking up, right? So you feel shitty, which means for the whole weekend while you drink, you're feeling bad, but you're still doing it. And you then you feel bad when you wake up and you do it some more. But then you, on Sunday or whatever it is, you got to go to work. You stop and you manage to go to work. You feel terrible for that day. Uh, and then, you know, you suck it up and do what you have to do. Um, which isn't ideal. They don't recommend that in AA meetings usually. But, uh, <laughs> right. I, I haven't heard that in a lot of the, my 
like rehab uh, situations, but it's still <laughs> better, right? So yeah. I think that that's a that's a step in the right direction. It's and you're holding down a real job. Like when I met you, you were like, you know, not doing that. You were you were like barely holding on to a job that like they were, you know, they should have fired you 40 times. Uh, I know. You remember how many times I was escorted out by security guards? Yeah, so that's, yes. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, not me. But yeah, you, if no, you're in a job and, you know, you pass out on the, on the floor and, and then security has to take you out of your work because you're drunk, usually for most people, that's the last day. Oh, no. That was at least five times. At yeah. least. Yeah. It's because I'm a good worker. Yes. And, and, and a nice like person. I know. I try my best. I really try hard. And I, I just was struck. Actually, some of the security guards offered to go to an AA meeting with me. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And also, I think that, you know, I think that you told me about somebody who worked there who, um, like, maybe maybe they said it, maybe they didn't, but it, it seemed like uh, they were implying it anyway that maybe their husband or their son or their dad or somebody was an alcoholic. It takes one person in that place to recognize what you're going through, like someone who understands it, to be sympathetic. And uh, and then, because they know it. It's like, you're not going to get mad at someone for having cancer. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like that, but most people don't see it that way uh, unless they, they've experienced it in some way or another. It was him, and he knew that I was, like, trying my best at the time. And what I was going through and that I was, you know, when I went there, I did a really good job, honestly, right. but it was just trying to show up and like, oh, it, it was just exhausting, honestly. Like, I felt like so horrible a lot of days. Yeah. And, and then you have to work with people too, you know, and like, ugh. I know. I used to. I used to dream about like. I used to like wish that I had a job where I could go sit in a cubicle and punch the keys on a on a computer yeah. instead of talking to twenty five yeah. teenagers. It's like the yeah. worst place to be hungover or you know you know wishing you could find you know your next you know hit or whatever uh, to be wanting or high or anything or hungover with around people is the worst and i would say around uh 25 teenagers might be uh, the absolute worst yeah I agree and they can see that. everything too they know oh yeah they know and same with the elderly yeah that's right they <laughs> exactly. they're like uh you got a new nail polish color on today i'm like how do you even notice this like nobody knows this <laughs> they're focused in on the on the in the details yeah all right but so let me let me let's move a little move on a little bit so we can get to the really fun stuff. Uh, okay. This is this is I don't know if you listen to the trailer, uh, Daisy, but this uh, podcast is a platform for positivity and kindness. Okay. Okay. Good. That, so, that's me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so a couple more about the drinking and stuff, and then we'll move on. Um, so how, when did you think you first like realized that you had a like a, a problem? That you were different from other people around you, uh, you know, in high school or college or whatever. Where you're like, oh, wait a minute, yeah, I'm not like them. Um. So when I was 13, I drank for the first time, and I like remember. So okay, hold on. This is a loaded question. Exactly. Yeah. 
So when I drank when I was 13, I remember exactly what it was. It was um, Jack Daniels, and we chased it with a lime, and we took, like, three shots of it. And, you know, most people, like, they don't remember those specifics. Like, I, like, recalled it so clearly, and I loved it. And um, I remember being like, okay, I want to be like that all the time. But, you know, I was fun, I felt, mm-hmm. at least, you know, like, through college and everything. But when I was 24, I um, I found, actually, this is crazy, I found, like, this, uh, like Microsoft Word document that I had made, and I was like, I was like, I think I'm a 24 year old alcoholic, and that's that was like the first line of my thing because I didn't want to like write it down or anything, mm-hmm. but I to like type it out. And I remember that you showed that you showed that to me, and but but it was a while then before you you like that's what that's probably when you were like first willing to acknowledge it to yourself. But yeah. but it was but then it was a little while longer before, uh, like you ended up going to rehab or anything, right? Yeah, no, it was a while. Back. Well, I didn't go to rehab till my like boyfriend at the time that I was living with told my he called my family and said I think he's gonna die. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah. So it was like, you know, ongoing. For but a you long. so that means. Like, I think, you know, in some ways that was similar with me that there was a long time where I knew that I was different and I had a problem. Um, I recognized it. So, like, step one was done. Like, you know, I, I, I understood that I was, you know, I was screwed. I got it. But, but then being able to then do something about it is different. And so, uh, for me, I had to, you know, be backed into a corner um it sounds like it's similar for you where you know you got you got you got ratted out and uh kind of pushed in the in a, in a direction to get to uh you know to go to rehab and so it was a few years after after that so that means that means for those few years for people out there who 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 don't have experience like this that for those few years where you know you're sick uh but you're not doing anything about it those are the worst it's the worst. It was horrible. It yeah. was so horrible. It's much like, better being in denial. Like when, when you're like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like, you know, I go out on the weekends and, you know, go, go out and party like everybody else. And the minute you go, oh, no, I am an alcoholic. I'm an addict. This is terrible. This is not going to go away. And it's also not fun anymore. Um, so that's really no, hard. When you're living with somebody and hiding your bottles in the cat litter. Whoa, cat litter. <laughs> that's a good spot. I, I never heard that one. I hear a lot of stories yeah, about where you had the bottles. Where the cat litter? No one looking there. When they start to find it in the trash can, then you got to throw it in the cat litter because they're not going to dig their hands in there. Oh my God! I've been to one thousand AA meetings and rehab and all that. I've never heard about. I've heard a lot of stories about where the bottles are hidden. I've never once heard hiding it in the cat litter. That is awesome. Throw it in the cat litter and then toss it out. That well, I give credit to it. <laughs> if he caught you with the bottle in the cat litter, then. He should oh, be, he should be like found. a CSI. It was found. <laughs> um, so then, uh, you know, once you addressed it and then went to rehab and stuff. So what? what's worked? Like, what, what do you think has made the difference 
you know, the, 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 the positive changes you've made and where you are now and stuff like what has worked? What are the things that have worked for you that uh, have been helpful to, I mean, for one, for one, like that, that's a, that guy is saying, calling your mom and going, I think he's going to die. And you didn't die. And in fact, you're, you're doing okay, a little bit better each year. And every, you know, you're, you're, you're moving in the right direction. What are the things that have uh, been helpful? What are, what are those, you know, give someone some tips here. Um, honestly, the happiest that I ever was, was when I was in Florida and like, like walking on the beach, you know, I always like to have a routine. That's so, 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 so important to me. I need it. I need it for my daily, like, everything. And my friends used to make fun of me. They were like, Daisy writes a list. Like, wake up, brush teeth, take a breath. Like, but that's literally what I write down. And it feels so good to cross it all out and, like, feel like I'm doing something so good for the day. And... Um, so yeah, when I was in Florida, like, I just, I love like walking on the beach in the morning and then, or just like anywhere you are, you know? And so just to be clear for the people listening, you were in Florida at a rehab, uh, an inpatient rehab facility for a couple months, right? Or, or I was for three three months and then, um, I was in the sober living for three more months. Right. And so I'm with you on that. Like the big thing for me has always been having a routine. So I do the same thing. I got lists all over my house now that I've never had before and checking things off. I have calendars and, and I'm writing stuff down and just be like, here's three things that, that seems small (laughs) to other people maybe, but like wake up, eat breakfast, take a shower, shave, go for a walk. Those are things you can cross off a list. And it feels good to someone who could never cross stuff. No, it literally so it does. I seriously put shower on my list every day because it's like cross it off. Because for so long I couldn't even do that. Yeah, the shower. You kidding me? You know know. how much that took. Like that was crazy. I remember like having to lay in the bathtub and my friends from rehab come over and literally wash me so that I could Mm -hmm. go to like how how is that to live? It's terrible. It's that's terrible. Horrible. That's that's fucking horrible. And that's like, literally, wh- what's the point? I mean, you know, when you're at that point, it's like, but the fact that people love you and care about you that would do that for you. That's the point. You're right. And, th- and, and in most cases, it sounds like those are people from rehab that they it's are. people who get it right. And so yeah. You know, like when I first met you and you were, you know, I'm sitting on the floor puking in the bag and I spent like a, the, the night there with, with, with you and our friend and, and I, and I didn't know you at all. I, I knew her, I didn't know you, but I already like instantly, I got it because I'm, I'm one of you. Right. So I, I, I hadn't been in, you know, in that same kind of situation, you know, going through withdrawals kind of the way, the way you were, because it, yeah. Cocaine is different that way, but I, I knew that you weren't happy, that it wasn't your choice, that you didn't want to be there, that it's not your fault, uh, and and that you were sick, and it, and it's really sad. And I just wanted to do anything to help. And so, you know, the twelfth, it's the twelfth step, which is helping other people. I like to, I wanted to jump to it right away when yeah. I when I first got in there. But it one, it's uh, obviously helping people is good, 
and helps the newcomers and people that are you know just getting started or, or trying to get started again but also nothing feels better like i felt good that next morning when i left like wow, we kept her alive for the night got her on the bus <laughs> she went to work i did something good meanwhile everyone like the people in my life that i've known for a long time uh, uh were quite upset at me about all the horrible stuff i've done but doing something good for somebody is the beginning of feeling good again uh so that's it's something that's good for for, for the person who's helping and also obviously and the, and honestly, like that was such a horrible, hor- like that really is an embarrassing, horrible feeling. Yeah. That person that like people are seeing that where you don't even know them. And, you know, I was so embarrassed and like you were just so kind. And I remember um, our friend giving you my number, like just to like, just in case I ever needed anything, you know what I mean? And that meant so much because it was like, you know, I didn't really have anybody that understood. Mm-hmm. The- That's and- the community part, you know, that really is important. I mean, to have people that you know, uh, you can count on. And also, they can call you out on your shit, too. You know, like, you Hell, can't, we, never, can't, we can't fool each other, you know. like we never we're, held we're, back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. Um, all right, let's move. Let's move a little bit further, and there's some new stuff that we're gonna get. We're gonna try to get positive. Um, positive. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how you answer this. It could be negative. Uh, this is an interesting one uh, that I think is kind of the point of why I think that, that this podcast can be interesting is to think about how often what people think about you and what is really true about you and who you are are two different things. Um, well, or, or what you think. So so what, what do you think that people think about you? Okay. Where? Your friends and family. What do they think about you? Um, I think that they know me so well and they uh, miss me. Mm-hmm. So do you um, think that you, that you think that they, ha- at this point, because of where you are in recovery, that they they get like they know like there's no they know who you are they know what you're doing they know how uh, how you are uh you don't think there's a difference between who you really are and 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 what they think about you um i think that if i don't talk to them for a few days they know exactly um i think that if i don't respond for a few days you know they know exactly how i'm doing i think if i cancel plans they know exactly how i'm doing um but what about so what about that's good that's great that and that also says something about your recovery because that means you're honest with them and they know and they've been through it enough to know also but also you tell them afterwards yeah i didn't respond because i was drinking and if i if i'm drinking i'm not going to answer the the phone uh because i don't want to you know you're really going to ruin it (laughs) get to talk to your mom uh (laughs) during it also huge boundary right especially with my mom right it's because of your dad too yes no matter what if you are ever drinking do not come by me Mm -hmm. and um it's sad but that's healthy that's a healthy boundary it is very healthy and um you know she so another thing with her too is so i still can't drive you know Mm -hmm. 
and her boundary is well i could but i just um haven't done the whole process <laughs> right right but anyways um she's like one of my boundaries is i will never take you to work i will never take you there because i don't want to be the person that ever took you to work if you have been drinking mm -hmm. and then something happens mm -hmm. and and that's so so clear and has your mom ever been to Al-Anon meetings or anything? Oh my God, she's religious in that shit. Good. So that's what it sounds like to me. That her her the boundaries that she's setting and the way that she's talking about it, the way you're talking to me about it, it sounds like uh, you know she's at least been to a bunch of Al-Anon or read a bunch about it. That sounds like someone who knows what what she's talking about. Every Monday, every Tuesday, and she does readings every day that's great that's so great i didn't know that i didn't know that but it's, just kind it's of awesome great. because she never judges me so yep. anytime that i say like i just can't be there um it's just part of my boundaries and i have to respect that and like it sucks sometimes i have to walk to work you know and that's just how it goes but that's so healthy for her and that and that keeps her out of those problems yeah. i mean like the the whole thing that people don't really get, and I think we we say it a lot, maybe, but like if you if you don't detach with love, like I say detach with love from an addict or an alcoholic, if you don't do it, you get as sick as they are, and that's a fact. You get actually as sick. Like she it's, was, it's just as bad was. for them as it is for us. And yes. if they don't, so there, there's there's strategies to use to detach with love, and she's doing. It. She's like you know, I, I love you. I'm worried about you, but. Here's some things I won't do, you know, and I and I hope it I hope you get there okay and I hope nothing happens and I hope I'm wrong. And maybe you're not drinking or whatever, but yeah. here's some things I won't do and you and you draw some lines in the sand and that protects her and it protects you too, because it also protects yeah. you from the guilt of doing it and making her do something that you know is you know she doesn't want to do. Because the worst thing for me is always that I make my mom feel bad. I mean it's the worst possible thing. And so if I my know. mom is feeling good. It, it the impact it has on me is unbelievable me too like if she ever like if i ever think that she's mad at me or something i just literally it kills me it kills me mm -hmm. so much and we know that like you know when you have those feelings that's like a another trigger right so if you have yeah, guilt like, or okay, shame you feel bad right? right so other people <laughs> other people think you know you know who aren't addicts and alcoholics they think well if you feel so bad what doesn't that stop you from doing it like, no, 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 it goes, it goes the other way around. If you feel bad, you do it more. Exactly. I mean, obviously okay. that. Well, that, then I'll just drink myself till I pass out. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And you, you can escape from it. Um, so let me ask you this. So I know that uh, we talked a little bit earlier about what, uh, in the introduction, when I, when I talked in my book about that journal prompt about what do you fear? And how oh I feared being exposed. That was the you know, craziest yeah. thing. Um, so, so what are what are some things you fear? Big things or small things? What do you fear? What do I fear? Oh, I read that about five hundred times. Um, but one thing I would say is it's not being exposed because I feel like I've been exposed mm -hmm. hard. Everybody knows. I know, isn't, and, that, isn't that a great feeling? I wasn't. So now I am. And it, it is, it's so free. I wrote a book just to make sure 
everybody knows. The thing that, that really was hard for me is worrying about when are people going to find out. And so if everybody knows, then it's like a little bit freeing to have that that feeling like, oh, phew, no, I can't get, I'm not going to get a phone call tomorrow and find out that that somebody discovered my secret anymore uh, about cocaine yeah. or anything else. Well, give me some little things. What are some funny things you just go? Spiders. Oh, yeah. And I'm in the, I'm in a basement right oh, now. Oh, me too. At least 500 spiders a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's even more that you don't even know about. There's millipedes. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. So most, this is for everyone else out there too. Most addicts and alcoholics live in basements uh, like Daisy does and like I do. And in the basements, there's tons of spiders and other bugs. Sometimes I had rats in my apartment. Anyway, so if you stop, if you, if you stop drinking and using drugs, you get to move upstairs. Uh, oh, yeah, but there aren't so any that's bugs. The, that's the ticket? Yeah, that's the ticket. You want to get away from the spiders? You know, don't drink so much. And you Wait. can afford the place a one floor up. I got to tell you about one really quick. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I set up a sticky trap, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch all these mice. And so I caught one. And then I was like, okay, where'd the other one go? There was one missing. (laughs) And I had to search around the house. The mouse was halfway into one of my drawers. And get stuck? And I cried. I was screaming. Yeah, yeah, it did. Oh, that's terrible. And I had to call my dad. And he said, well, call your mom. And then I called <laughs> her. And she said, call your dad. <laughs> so then he came over and took care of it. Oh, that's good. That, that reminds me, like, when my, uh, when, when my dad died, my mom said it was, like, you know, a few months later. She's like, you know, the one thing that I really miss about your dad, and I was waiting for, like, really like sentimental <laughs> moment. She's like, I don't know who to call to deal with the carcasses. Like if there's a carcass, what? like if, yeah, cause we, you know, they live in a farm for part of the year or in Texas for part of the year. Like if something dies, like my dad was the one who like threw the mouse out. If there's like a dead mouse in the basement or, or whatever, or the, yeah. she, she that, apparently that's what, <laughs> that's what she misses the most is the guy to take it. So anyway, now I'm the guy, but luckily, doesn't have any that many more carcasses. Well, in her, in you house. can come clean out the mice. I haven't had any since, so we're clear. <laughs> good, good. Um, all right. So, um, what what do you think, or what do you want? Like people who aren't, we talked about some of these things, but, but people who aren't um, addicts or alcoholics or don't have one in their family, what do you want them to know? about it that you don't think they know like about our this horrible shitty disease that that we have um that there's still the person that they know is in us like and i think that the first instinct is always true like you can tell when somebody is a good person you can tell when they have good intentions you can tell if somebody is being truthful um just in my opinion yeah, I think that's great. I love the, the first thing you said about, you know, the person that they think we are, that's, that is, that's, they're right. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes they go, oh man, was I wrong about them this whole time? Like, are they this person? And I was wrong. Like, no, no. The person that you think is great, that's them. And yeah. then this is the other part that they got to, that they need to fix and work on and get help for. But that, that thing, you weren't fooled. That is a good person underneath there. Uh, yeah. 
and and we can get it back. You know, we yeah. we can we can be we can become that person again. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So tell me something you're looking forward to. Well, the Lord. The, the <laughs> like, Lord. You were like, looking. <laughs> I'm looking to the Lord. Okay. Good call. Good call. Uh, um. I'm looking forward to hmm, moving out of this town. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you. Uh, I know you like your job and everything, but you live in a small town, and you're yeah. kind of a city girl. I love my town, but yeah, I'm a city girl. I need to, like, I mean, I'm telling you, when you walk on the streets here, people do, I call it the crank the neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, every time they drive by, they crank their neck almost to 360 degrees. Yeah. Just who's walking, and yeah, it's and me. Yep. Yep. And they, you know, they, everyone wants to, and everyone's in everyone else's business and there's, you know, when there's not much going on, do they, you got to give the internet up there? They still got the internet? I, when there's a Facebook gossip page <laughs> yeah. for the freaking town, that's when you know it's like, all right, gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something so, for you to work towards, right? So you have to do some things to get out of there, right? You got to yeah. save some money, uh, you know, build up that's a good... And I, but I love my job. I love my patients. I love, you know, it's kind of like you're doing your time a little bit. Like you're, you're up there, you're, you're working in the job that you, that you love, uh, and you're getting, and you're building up now an experience and a, a, you know, it's kind of a resume builder to do the job you were trained to do that you want to do in a place that you like to, to where you like to work. All right, here we go. One more, one more question before we get into our gratitude. Last, this is a, uh, this is kind of like a, I'm leading you. I think. Um, tell me about shows or movies or music or a podcast or something like that that you love right now, like or 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 that have been influential in your life, it's like some kind of pop culture thing, music or shows, movies, whatever, like that that you really love. You already know the answer. <laughs> what? I was. I don't know the answer. What is it? Euphoria. Okay, so for for a show, Euphoria, right? So yes. Uh, why? Because I think it's so real. It's very real. She does a great job. Me, me too. When she what? Wait, what is the thing? I sent it to you one day. It said, um, "You hate me, so do I." Yes. Yeah. Like you wish I was different, so do I. 100%. With her mom, right? Yes. Yeah, and and uh, I think that's why I waited. I was like late, late to the game with Euphoria because I was like, ah, everyone keeps saying how real it is and how good it is. If it's not, I'm gonna feel bad. Like I'm gonna be super judgmental because when people say like, oh, this is a great show or movie about addiction, I agree. I'm like, yeah. fuck you. You don't, you don't know. Uh, and I didn't want to be disappointed. And then I watched it because you said, no, 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 watch it. <laughs> Trust me, it's good. And I watched it, and I, I, you know, I watched all of them right in a row. Um, it is, it's really accurate as far as the, like the self hate stuff, and they, it's, it's like, um, I think it's better. It's showing how how complicated it is and how complex it is that it isn't just like a simple thing, and it, it uh, but also how it affects you know all kinds of people too. Uh, and I think it's so realistic that it's hard to watch, which. I think means that we're it probably is. learning from it. I agree. Um, uh, oh, yeah. 
So I was really, I wasn't trying to lead you into euphoria, but I did write that down because I thought you might say that too. Did but you? I was also, uh, I'm, I, but how about music? <laughs> why are you, <laughs> why are you laughing at that? Because okay. you, what you, what kind of music you like is funny. Young Thug. Young Thug? Uh, you, 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 you're <laughs> all my listeners right now to listen to Young Thug. Um, what about country music? Do you like country music also? Okay. Um, that's not happening. Okay, so you like country music, Young Thug, you like Lil Wayne? I never said country music. Get out of here. I know, but I did. All right, so that is the end of the interview portion of this, uh, you know, special Daisy episode. Uh, we're going to move on to the to the, to the the next section, um, which is about <laughs> gratitude. There's, yeah, there's tons of more. How much, where you got to be somewhere? Let's well, I gotta, I gotta pee a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, this we'll make it fast then. This might be better if you have to pee. Okay. So, tell me one thing. Each of us wants to talk about one thing that we're grateful for today. Go. So you, you want to go first? Or want me to go first? Me. Um, I'm grateful for my family because they are the people that have never given up on me. Literally, after nine rehabs, just means the world to me. So. Even after. How many times do you feel like you've disappointed them? There's still there's some people that are sticking um, by you. Yeah. After missing, I cancel plans. I cancel important events. I canceled everything, and they're always still, always still there for me and inviting me to. So that's great. I mean that, and 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 I think I'm lucky in the same way, in that. We um, we have family and uh, people in our inner circle who who get it um, mm. because you have to get it in order for them to be that way. That means they have to get it. They understand yeah. that that you're sick. You're not just like you know someone who doesn't give a shit. You know who's like ah I don't I, I'd rather go to the bar. Uh, we don't we wouldn't rather go to the bar. We'd rather go to the family reunion uh, yeah. and be happy and and have fun with our you know family and our nieces and nephews and grandma uh but for some reason we end up at the bar and we don't you know and then we don't don't go to it or we show up late and drunk and disappoint people yeah. uh so it takes a family who understands it to to for really sure. to react that way and that you're and you're lucky that way that you have uh, a family that does and so do i which is really great me too i want to read you something that oh, I, all right awesome uh, okay so <clears throat> I wrote. <clears throat> <laughs> you just clear your throat one more time, real quick. <clears throat> no, it sounds perfect. Okay, I said, um, "Well, it was a quote. It's not for me, obviously, but it says it's easy to judge. It's more difficult to understand. Understanding requires compassion, patience, and willingness to believe that good hearts sometimes choose poor methods." Mm. Through judging, we separate. Through understanding, we grow. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, I, I, I want to. I, I think we got to end it right there. I want to end it right there. And um, amen. I mean, that's an amen. I mean, you know, I don't go to church or anything, but that seems like an amen type of place uh, for the for the gratitude. You you nailed it right in the head. Um, all right, so I'll do a really quick what I'm what I'm grateful for because I I, I wish I wanted you to tell me to go first. Because so you, you want to hear yourself talk. Right. Uh, I do. I like oh, you know me. Uh, anyway, so it's similar, but because uh, a lot of it has to do with my family. But I'm really grateful for 
second chances and having a new opportunity um, to make a difference again and to, to like live a happy, healthy, productive life, which uh, there was a time there where I wasn't sure that that was going to happen. And, and a lot of my second chances and opportunities I'm lucky to have. I, uh, I didn't, some of that I didn't earn. I, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to go to really great rehab places that cost, you know, tons of money that I had great insurance for. Um, and I was lucky to have a, a family that would be able to help me when I didn't have money and pay for good lawyers and, you know, to be able to help me get an apartment so that, you know, my kids would have a place to go and, and be with me. And uh, I know that not everybody has that. You and I both have met a lot of people in, in recovery who um, don't have anybody or resources or money and, um, or, you know, and, and get that, you know, that who wouldn't have been able to 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 make their way out of it because they don't it's it's uh the deck is stacked against them and it wasn't it was stacked for me and i'm really grateful for that amen. so amen. another amen this is like church okay so um we're gonna stop right there for now and then we're gonna come back with one more little thing um in a minute <music> Okay, we're going to do something else now. I know I told you, Daisy, that we were going to talk about gratitude. And I told you to think about things you were grateful for. Um, but right after I told you that, I was listening to some other podcast where whoever was being interviewed, they talked about how um, every night when they go to bed, they do a gratitude list in their head anyway, where they go through the whole alphabet and think of something they're grateful for that starts with every with each letter. So I think you and I, listen, I thought, you know, this would be great. It's a, I didn't want to prepare you for it uh, because it'll be funnier and more interesting. I want you and I to do this where I'm going to say, or you're going to say, one of us will start and this, this, you get to choose this way. Uh, it, it, then it's, then you, everybody knows that I didn't pre prepare every other letter <laughs> to which I'm grateful for. You can pick who goes first and then we'll go every other letter and just think of something that starts that letter or reminds you of that letter. I don't know. I have okay. thought of a bunch of X ones, just just so you know. If I get the if I get the X, I'll be ready. Okay, so you want to go first? You want to be the A, or you want me to be the A? I'll be the A. Okay, go. Okay. Um, this is gonna take forever at this rate. Come on, just, no. just don't apples. think, don't think. Say it. Apples. Yeah, I like apples. Um, bubble gum. Uh, cats. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, Why? Cats? I mean, I like. I mean, I have. I, there's some cats I like, but you know. All right, okay. I, we shouldn't comment on each one, then it really will take forever. Okay, um, my dad. Oh, that's sweet. Um, elephants. I was gonna say elephants. Um, French toast. What did you say you hate elephants? No, I was gonna say elephants. Oh if my I had God. E, yeah. say, French toast. My friend Graham. Um, uh, I'm H. Uh, when Harry met Sally. Oh, I thought you would say something else. I know, but I didn't because <laughs> your name is Daisy. Um, iguanas. I don't <laughs> like those. They're creepy. <laughs> I know, but you thought of it right off the bat. I like it. Jay. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. She's hot. You're K. Okay. Um, is, there, is there a Kristen or a Kirsten? Or no. A... Kicks. 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 Nice. Okay, you got to have your kicks, all right? Like karate kicks. Oh, karate kicks. Okay, not shoes. Yeah. Karate kicks. Okay. 
Uh, I, I who isn't grateful for Friday cakes? Um, lemons. What is it? Lemons. I was out. Lemons. I'm, I'm grateful for lemons. Okay, money, baby. <laughs> money. Who doesn't love money? Um, Come on. No, Norway. 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 I'm very grateful for Norway. Half of my family, or one quarter of my family, comes from Norway. Okay. Um, I'm O. Yeah. Orgasms. <laughs> okay. Um, you told me not to talk about sex when I prepped you for this. Uh, yeah. P. I'm, I'm grateful for um the periodicals. You gave me Q. Queen. Yeah, I didn't give it to you. You chose it. <laughs> what did you say? Queens. Queens. Yes, queen. Like Queen Latifah. No, just like a queen. Or like any queens, like Queen Elizabeth. Ben. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, our uh, Roseanne. <laughs> I'm not really. Ew. I'm not really what? grateful for. But I think she's probably. Some people are grateful for Roseanne. It just came to my head. We're, we're trying Actually, to keep it. We're trying to keep it moving here, Daisy. S. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. S. Uh, okay. Sen- sensual. Okay. T. Uh, Tammy Faye Baker. Uvula. <laughs> Virginia. Uh, Waukegan. Waukegan. Nice. Uh, I said I thought of X's and I really hadn't. I lied to you. So now I got the X. Um, right. Oh, Xerox. Xerox machine. I was a teacher for a long time. Oh, I gotta yeah. be grateful for Xerox. Yoda. Uh, and the Z. I'm gonna go with uh, you, you know those the big pants and the big pants in the '90s called Zubas. I'm I'm grateful for all the Zubas. Oh, good lord! I know it's the second time you, the third time you brought up the Lord. Okay, so that just wraps up our second, uh, our second gratitude uh, section of the podcast, and which brings us to our final thank yous and goodbyes. So, um, first of all, I want to thank you, Daisy, because that's your real name, um, for being on the podcast and agreeing to be my first guest, and for agreeing to let me. Use your story in uh, in my book as well, um, and I really loved talking to you today and uh, and seeing your face and seeing you smile and hearing your story. And I and believe it or not, um, I learned something too. I learned something from you every time I talk to you, and there were some uh, new pieces to your story that I didn't know. Uh, hopefully, um, other people who listen will learn from you uh, and your story as well. Everybody else out there, uh, if you like what you heard, um, follow and review or rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever you do. I don't really know how it works, but if you if you like it, you know, click the boxes that say you like it. And if you want to contact me or be on the show or anything like that, you can email me at between the lines memoir at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at Jalen40 or uh, between the lines book. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it. So thanks for listening. Uh, That's the end of the podcast. Peace. I'm out of here.